This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hi, you guys want some cookies? Welcome back to the garage. Welcome back to the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by my bosom buddy, Bobby Kostrup. That's me. I'm your bosom buddy. Oh, yeah, buddy. Till the end, bosom buddy. Like the the end? Like the very end? I don't know. At this point, it could happen. Well, it could happen any given moment. No, I mean just in the fact that we are still friends at this point, so it's like it could end up just we're going to be friends until the end. Ugh. It's almost like resigned to that. Is there what what could really tear this apart? Like what could really burn this whole thing down? Well, burn it down. We could bang each other's wives and get you well, know, well, caught. Well, we do it to each other's. That sounds pretty simpatico. No, one could do to the other. Right, it has to be a one-way street. Yeah. If it's uh, a two-way street, then that's just like a party. Uh, some type of money. I've seen money do bad things to families. Neither of us have money, so we're okay yep. there. Uh, but something money-related? Mm, like splitting the uh, headgum ad revenue? Yes, something 50-50. Like that. Ooh, that would be great. Mm, that would be good. If the, if the, <laughs> the, the minor <laughs> amount of money that we've made on this divides us and ends this whole thing. That would be good, though. Like, I think if, if we end up not being friends at some point down the line, I'll take it just because that would mean something interesting happened. That's true. And... and God, wouldn't that be great? Just once if something interesting happened. <laughs> well, also, like, we've been friends for so long. It's like a marriage. Like, when people who are married for, like, 35 years get divorced, you're kind of like, well, that's a successful marriage. You guys are married 35 years. Like, that's mm-hmm. half your... Raised kids. Half and... your life. Yeah. 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 We've been friends a long fucking time. It's a successful friendship, no matter what happens from here on out. Unless you fuck my wife. I... That no, it's still a success. Retroactively would destroy the friendship. It would probably it would probably put like a bad taste in your mouth. <laughs> could say that. Uh, this is I could say worse than that. This is uh, the Throwback Podcast. Guess what? It's a big one. We started the Throwback Podcast with a uh, looking back at "Be Here Now," the third Oasis album, and the beginning of the end. Generally uh, believed by most music people. And most Oasis people. Most Oasis people. Most of the people in the band as well. Um, I quite like some of their later records in the aughts, but I get it if if you say that. But one thing nobody will argue about is that What's the Story, Morning Glory, our record today was Oasis in peak form. And that that will be fun to talk about because Be Here Now was Oasis in drug-addled. Well, they were drug-addled for this record too, but uh, kind of the spiral was beginning. They had peaked and coming down. This is Oasis coming up and reaching the pinnacle. Fun. Yeah, you've, you've said it perfectly. That's why we're friends, because you know how to say these things perfectly, and I know how to say to you <laughs> that you said those things perfectly. Wow. Is that really what our friendship is about? Not it's really, about me but in this case. You. In this case, no. Yeah. yeah, this is peak Oasis. I mean, it doesn't matter what your favorite Oasis album is. Like, I am more of a definitely maybe guy. Mm-hmm. But go fuck yourself. I'm not. Well, don't I mean, don't take it that far, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to deny that this is Oasis at their peak, creative peak, everything peak, drug popularity, peak, popularity, all that good stuff. It was all there. Um, so we're going to go through each of the 12 tracks, uh, really 10. If you don't count the the weird instrumentals, um, 
and then at the end of the episode, pick one song from this album. That's going to be hard uh, and add to our Spotify playlist, which is now two hours deep. We're about two. Yeah, we're two hours deep. We just Saucy. crossed over two hours. So that's like a that's like a real playlist that you just put on, do something and not even worry about it. You're going to be fine if you put on the Spotify playlist, which we'll tweet out. So exciting. At Throwback Pod. Uh, go there. We'll tweet it out. And there will be a song from this album on that playlist. You know, Bob, I'm checked out creatively on this endeavor. Uh, not a, not just on this endeavor. I'd say on most endeavors. Yeah, I, listen, yeah. I listen to your other podcast. I can tell you're completely right. one foot out the door. Very keen, Bob. Yeah. Uh, keen ears. Um, but in this case, I'm so excited to talk about Oasis uh, that I'm a little bit nervous about it. I know you are. I can see it. I can see it. Like you've actually can't wait to talk about this. You don't you don't do a lot of prep or you don't really care overall. But I don't care. Period. Yeah. So it was weird to like get text messages from you like leading up to the recording of this being like, let's fuck. Come on, bro. Well, no, those I'm used to. These were like the uh, hey, I hope we're ready for this. Like, how do you want to do this? Like, come come on to the garage. (laughs) There's a lot of that. Now you're making things up, but no, I, I were, like this narrative. You know, you were texting me. You care. You're nervous. I can see. Oh, it. oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you're nervous yes. about this one. Yeah, you want to get it right. I am. I am so nervous. I'm paralyzed with fear right now. Uh, but what I want to do now, when you're paralyzed with fear, you just try to push it back, push it off. Don't let it the album start because repress then it. I'm just going to crumble. It. Repress exactly. It. So let's let's put that up now. Let's put all the valves that we have a part of this show. Oh, what was happening when this album came off? That's perfect, because now it, I don't have to start talking about the album yet, because I'm not ready yet. I'm afraid, Bob. I'm afraid. <laughs> God damn it. We'll get through this. What was happening? I know this album came out in 1995. I'm going to say the s- late summer. Late summer. I mean, how late How late in summer do you want to go? Do you consider October late summer? Indian summer, bitch. All right. Well, if you want to go on a technicality, yeah, it came out in October 1995. <laughs> Oh, man. We were both 15 years old, Bob. We were. How about that? How about that? Just boys. Just boys. Just Dan beginning to get some pubes. Bob, (laughs) full bush. You had full bush by 92. Oh, yeah. No, I had full bush by nine. (laughs) So, hey. I definitely wasn't shaving yet. No, you definitely weren't shaving. You're barely shaving now. Hey, do you want to know what else was happening in October? What was happening in October? Well, one thing that kind of made the news uh, hey, you know that uh, football player, O.J. Simpson? Mm-hmm. That guy, turned out, did not kill his ex-wife. Oh, he didn't do it. Nope, not guilty. Oh, October 95. I thought that he definitely killed his ex-wife and a waiter. It's a popular misconception, but a jury of his peers said, guess what? The guy from Naked Gun didn't do it. Wait, the, oh, a court of law said yeah. he didn't do it? Not guilty, well, bro. Hey, listen, fooled me. Yep. Love the justice system, bro. Perfect. <laughs> what else? That's it. That's the only thing that matters. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe there was other stuff, but I mean, that was such a big story that like, why talk about anything else? That was a huge story. I remember I sp- back in those days, I spent a lot of time during the summer at my grandmother's house. She had a pool and I had a lot of cousins and OJ was on the ho- in the house constantly. The, the court case in the summer of 95. Oh, I thought he was in your house. <laughs> no. That's very dangerous. <laughs> that would be very dangerous. And that was on all the time. And, uh, my sister, who's three years older than me, and she doesn't like to talk about this anymore, but she was vocal in her. Actually, she turned out to be right, uh, feeling that he was innocent. She's mm-hmm. since retracted those statements, but she went that entire period of the mid-90s fighting with um, me and my parents and really anyone else in the family about OJ saying he did not do it. 
which, of course, the courts proved her right. Yeah. So. Point for Shay. Shay nailed it. I mean, I know as a as a fan of The Naked Gun, I wanted him to be not guilty because I was hoping for more Naked Gun movies. Right. Nordberg never got another shot. Never got one. Maybe it's not too late. But Naked Gun was also done at that point. It actually wrapped up nicely because Naked Gun 33 and a third. Not the smell of fear. Not the smell of fear. That's two and a half. The final insult. Yes. Came out. It's right there in the title. There you go. In 1993. So he wrapped up his essentially his movie career wrapped up already by that point. But now that he's free to just slaughter people. Now that he's a not guilty and b a free man just hanging out. Maybe it's time for a reboot. I agree. I thought you were going to say get him in the garage. Yeah, we can get him in the garage. What if we what if we like reached out to his people and said, uh, hey, big OJ fans, we, <laughs> we always supported him. Obviously, the courts courts got it right. Courts don't get things wrong. I uh, would love to have him in and talk about his favorite soul album of the 1970s. And then when he gets in here, we do like top 20 countdown of June 1994. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this reminds me of uh, I have a funny story about this song. It reminds me of the time I pulled my car over and saw this waiter. Yeah, that would be a good episode. It's like, oh, let's think about yeah, June 14th, 1994. Where were we when we were listening to uh, this Labouche song? Where were you, OJ? Murdering? And we get to the bottom. Oh, no. <laughs> but that would be unfair because he was innocent. Innocent, innocent man. Um, Movies that came out that month. Yes, what came out? Uh, Mall Rats. Remember mm-hmm. that? I liked Mallrats. I don't know if you ever really yeah, liked I I didn't get the... Is that Kevin Smith? Kevin Smith. Never quite got it. Jason Lee was like so cool in that movie. Even Suple, Ben Affleck, just being Ben Affleck. Yeah, I, ne- I never really got it. Not a great movie, but at yeah. the time it was like different. People uh, should calm down a little bit about Kevin Smith, though. I think yes they have. No. I think they have. Yeah. Right? I don't know. I don't know. What else? Powder. Remember that one? Oh, yeah, Powder. The dude was uh, very white and bald. He he was powder and he was, I believe, the guy, you know, people fucked with him. Said you're a freak. Yeah, that sounds right. And then didn't he like have electrocution he could like electrocute people? I think too? so. I never saw the movie. I that think w- he was like a very pale the green mile where he just yeah. like rubs stuff and makes things better. They don't really make movies like that anymore. But in the nineties, every like year or so there would be like a a movie about someone that had supernatural powers. They even had, do you remember the John Travolta Supernatural Powers film? Was that Michael? No, that's where he's an angel. Is that the same one? No, it's Michael. Okay. <laughs> Powder what? I mean, if you would, if you were in high school and he was in your school, though, you, yeah, you'd think you, he was a freak. You'd absolutely fuck with that guy. He was like a bald, <laughs> hairless dude who rubbed spoons and made everybody silverware to And a lot of people don't realize this. Powder was played by David Hyde Pierce. From Frasier? Yep. Wow. A lot of people don't realize that because it's definitely not true. <laughs> oh, no, you're right. Okay, what else? That's nobody it. saw that movie, by the way. Nobody. But everybody knows exactly Everybody talked that. about yeah. it, but nobody actually saw it. Huh. Uh, number one song oh, in America. This is my job. The country that we live in. I am. When What's the Story, Morning Glory came out. I can't believe we're doing was this one. Oh, listen to that. All right. Is she going to do the whistle thing at the beginning of this? Let's see. Give me the whistle, Mariah. Give it to me. Yeah, there it is. Whistle. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Do you think the 
This is Fantasy by Mariah Carey. Do you think this um, Mariah gets enough credit for, for how many like great songs she had? Was she properly like revered? Oh, yeah. She was celebrated at the time, and now she's just like famous for being famous at this point. But I think she got her due. Like We definitely acknowledge how great she was at the time. I remember the video was at Coney Island, and she's on the roller coaster. Remember the remix with ODB? Yes. I like the remix with ODB. This, this kind of was, or I think that was the first time a rapper showed up in one of her songs, and all the whites were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, whites were a little scared. Like, whoa, I know, like, 95.5 WPLJ never played that version. Like, whoa. <laughs> she, she's Tommy Mottola's property, okay? Okay, old Mr. Bastard. And then uh, and Scott and Todd in the morning are like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> no, 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 no. And then she she gradually got to the point where it was just like she she was a hip hop star by about 1998. Yeah, no, she had to she had to break us whites in slowly for the uh, ascension. She doesn't get enough credit for that though, because like when a rock artist makes like a grand transformation, they're they're lauded for it. But people just thought Mariah had like lost the plot. But yeah. she's still putting out good songs, still doing her thing. Respect, respect Mariah. What's the best Mariah Carey song? All of them tied for first. This one's up there. Yeah, that one is up there. I liked uh, Honey. Was it? No, was that the name of the song? Honey was a good one. Yeah, I like that one. PLJ crowd didn't like that. No, one. by that point, they were out. Um, a little too urban. I remember when um, we were starting to go to dances in middle school, and Hero was like the one where it was like, uh-oh, time to get stressed out. <laughs> stressed out about who is going to turn me down yeah, for who, a slow dance. Oh, remember how terrible that was? Remember the stress of the slow song comes on. Yep. And you just have to go for it. Because it was a lot of pressure to go out there and start dancing during a fast song. Because you're like, oh, I'm an awkward 14-year-old white, and I'm going to go out on a dance floor and really just put myself out there. And you're doing it, and you're like, okay, I'm doing it. And then the beat drops, slow song. And now you're like, all right, I'm already standing out here. Now I have to ask a girl to dance like this is right. This like is where it all ends. you're feeling great when like jump arounds playing and you're with your buddies and it's like, oh, this is cool. And then like all of a sudden. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, no. Uh, where, where's the one girl I kind of like who knows I'm going to ask her to dance and is probably avoiding me because of that. And your tiny balls stiffen up a little bit. And you're just like, like and it's like you must mate. You must be popular. You must fulfill the goals within your mind. And your balls are like, I may be shrunken up and tiny now, but spoiler alert, if you do get a girl to start dancing with you, I'm going to tell your dick to come alive and start poking her in the hip. And that's going to be humiliating, too. So pick your poison, asshole. This, like, honestly, this this sound, that scares the shit out of me still. It's like basically a, t- a horror movie for me. Might as well be a fucking Rob Zombie movie. Wait, can you do the... um? <laughs> Wait, can you play the first couple of beats of uh, I Would Do Anything for Love, But I Won't Do That? Oh, yeah, hang on. Because that was the other one that was like probably middle school, early high school, that when that one came on, it was a double whammy because it was a slow song that you had to dance to, which was like a number one hit. But also, it was like 37 minutes long. So it was was a huge commitment for you and the girl to say yes to. And then you're just standing there holding your hips with a half a boner. Oh, Jesus. I can't believe this song was popular. It was a weird time. This, oh, yeah, then this happens. 
I think DJ Howie would cut that beginning part. Yeah, you don't need that beginning part. You need to get right to making the teenagers uncomfortable. Yeah, I remember being at a um, house party, which is kind of weird in retrospect. It was some girl's birthday party. It was Jeanette's birthday party. Was it? I have the, okay. same, I have the same memory of this. And they were playing slow music, and there was some dancing in the living room. Yep. And I remember getting roped into a slow dance with a, a girl that I didn't have any feelings for. And it's like, oh, you're on the ride for six and a half minutes. <laughs> it's like teacups that won't end. But um, we should maybe not play more Meatloaf. We shouldn't. Probably not. All right. This is a lot of Oasis fans right now are like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Get to the best album of the 90s. Well, you know what I have to say to that, bud. What do you have to say? You're not saying anything. You're staring at your microphone. Go fuck yourself. favorite no gallagher tricks is that he loved the way liam said sunshine so he wrote that into as many songs he wrote shine into it so he wanted shine which just sounds amazing coming out of liam's voice it's great so right out of the bat hello right off the bat hello track one great album start great album starter i love shit like this i love track one being hello like i like things like that you like when they say hello like welcome to our album yeah welcome to this adventure this is the magical mystery tour kind of things like we're about to go on a ride here it is the strokes do it with uh is this it um yes ben queller famously does it with sha sha you say famously I did. Interesting choice, of <laughs> Uh I like when they do that. I like when it's like, uh, here's an introduction. Yeah. And there's, I think, no better introduction. Than We've seen Oasis so many times through the years, and uh, we saw them when they were uh, the Be Here now, now tour, and they were still a big deal. And then we saw them several times in the early 2000s um, when they were kind of at their nadir from a popularity standpoint here. Uh, and strangely, in their last two albums, they started filling arenas again. And they uh, for didn't no have a reason. Hit. For no reason at all. I never understood that. Like, yeah. We were seeing them at like Roseland Ballroom and the Hammerstein Ballroom, uh, uh, and it would be, what, like 5,000 people? Something like capacity. that. Capacity. And then four years passed, and they didn't have any singles on the radio, and they were playing 18,000 at Madison Square Garden. It was weird. But my memory of this song is one of those times we saw um oasis in a very small venue and we were at it what was it roseland that was roseland yeah roseland, yeah. yeah we got we got drunk at the bar right next to Just it tiny three, three kings i believe was the name of the bar right next to it kind of like a british pub so it was filled with oasis fans before the concert yeah i think it was on the heathen chemistry tour which would have been around um 2002 and uh so roseland was basically just an open floor it holds 3,200 people. That's crazy. Held. It's gone. Pe- R.I.P. Oh, that's sad. I know. And one of the other interesting things, and shout out to all the um, U.K. fans of Oasis, all seven trillion of you, but we would always see a lot of U.K. fans at these type of gigs. You would hear the voices. It's like, oh, crikey. Oh, oh I got a trapper here. Uh, football, but not the American kind. Oh, yeah. 
um, it would be all around us that exact sound and that and those words. Yeah. Um, because they would say we could be 400 rows back at Wembley Stadium, or we can gather a few pence, right, and come on over <laughs> to the states. Do they pick pockets <laughs> to get those pence? Or they, I, don't, I don't. And we could see Oasis in, with 3,000 people. Anyway, so you would be on the floor of this venue, and you'd just be standing in a, a huddled mass waiting for the band to come out. And our buddy Greg. Uh, should we blow up Greg's spot that it was him? We could say Greg. It was Greg, our buddy Greg. Uh, he, you know, his wife listens to the show, though. You think he's, she, she, is this going to get him in trouble and then us in trouble? Not in trouble. Not in trouble. It's not the most flattering of stories, but you know what? We were, what, 22? 22. All right. This is, listen, you know who you are, Greg and his wife. Um, filled up a cup uh, a beer cup that he'd finished. She had a pee so badly, and if you leave the spot, you're bang. Yeah, we got you in like right out. on time. We got right to the front. Like we were really close. We were about, I would say, eight to ten rows back. Yeah, but that's right on top of the stage, yeah, especially right a small place. Uh, and you know where the story is going. Greg did not want to give up his space and be separated from us, so he filled up a beer cup. I think we might have given. Him I think some we cover. made like a little circle, yeah. semicircle. I could have never even done this if I tried. I don't have that type of. I. I have some level of pee shyness. I'm not going to do You're it. You're not really pee shy. I, I, I've never known as you to be as, shy. As I got older, it got stronger. Oh, I got less pee shy as I got Interesting. older. Interesting. Um, but anyway, Greg filled up his cup. The Oasis comes out, and they open the show with Hello, which was fun and, and kind of a surprise because uh, it was kind of a deep cut by that point. And everybody starts bouncing up and down. And it's like, oh, crikey. And all of a sudden you look down and the cup is no longer in Greg's hand. <laughs> it's just 20 ounces of urine. We're all just jumping in Greg's urine. So on some level, uh, the, I don't that, think Greg's wife is going to leave him for that story. I think we're okay. Imagine she did though. That would be pretty amazing. But wouldn't that almost be like a La Raville Magnifico of her that she would quit on her husband in like a 12 year relationship over that story. I'd respect it. <laughs> get out, get out. Whoa. Track two. Roll with it. Nice little build up for this one. Yeah, there is. So we can keep talking. Also, a great um, live number because everybody knows everybody's going, and then Liam just like steps up to the mic and goes, What does he say? You gotta roll with it. You gotta take it time. You gotta say what you say. Don't let anybody get in your way. There's a sound too much for me to say. I'm starting, the butterflies are starting to dissipate, Bob. Okay. Feeling a little more comfortable. Okay. Um, I'm surprised we've made it two songs in without you doing your Liam Gallagher impression. That's a first. Mm, that is, it's true. It's, it's just, this is also my first beer of drinking Pacifico um, this evening. Last week was uh, Maker's Mark and, uh, you know. Loose Lip Sync uh, podcast. Yeah, we had to throw out our second episode of the night because mm -hmm. of uh, some loose lips. Um, that would be a fun thing at some point to just uh, let the listeners know about the, at this point, probably half dozen episodes we've thrown out <laughs> pretty much for that reason. Of, like one of us being too drunk or just yeah. saying things that maybe weren't the best idea. It's either, yeah, too drunk, usually me, or one or both of us just showing our age and getting tired. And it's like, oh, oh yeah, there's that. Um, there's this. Uh, why are we talking in slow motion in the back half of this podcast? I think we're going to enter a new era of the podcast soon, though. 
What's that? The era where I get drunker than you. Ooh, let's let's see that happen. I, I think like it's it. gonna happen because, you know, we live like two miles away from each other. Yes, we do. I am moving. You are. That's I'm moving true. to Big the news. other side of town. Maybe this will be the end of our friendship. Could be the end of the friendship. Let's hope so. I mean, we've had longer distances. But see, that wouldn't be dramatic. I know. It has to be better. Yeah. I have to fuck your wife. Yeah. Or, I have no choice. Know, just to be fair, or vice versa. But then if it's vice versa, then it's kind of like, all right, it's a party. Like, it's No, fine. but I will do yours first. Then I'll do yours, and then we're fine again. No, I'll talk to Emily first. I say, Wait, why are you... I, I need to spice up um, You're being a real asshole Our this. lives Bob and I need to sp- spice up our lives And destroy our uh, decades long friendship So I'm going to fuck Heather And then Emily's going to say Okay I got you And I was like But Just to be clear You can't fuck Bob Because then it's like a cool thing Like a swap thing And then the friendship goes on This is going to work Because I'm getting mad at you for this Like <laughs> I liked then, it better before But then Emily's going to be like well, you say that, that then it's no longer interesting. But if we're wife swapping, isn't that kind of interesting? In its own right. Yeah. All right. Well, we can talk this. All right. Let's loop in the wives and see how, how it bounces it off. In the we'll take this convo offline. Uh, Roll With It uh, is a funny song because it was, I always think of that really bad live double album they put out in 2000 around the standing of From, shoulders. Familiar to millions. Familiar to yeah. millions. And uh, Liam and Noel, who always hated each other, as we know. What? Even when, even when they were on the best of times, uh, they had put out like a stillborn album, Standing on the Shoulders of Giants. And during this song, in front of like 75,000 people at Wembley Stadium, and uh, knowing that it was being recorded to be released as a live album, uh, looks over to uh, Noel and taunts him and says, hey, why don't you write a couple more of these bad boys? A couple more of these babies. Like taunting him, like, oh, write man. me better songs to sing. That's amazing. Than what you've been doing since. Which is, I don't know how Noel stayed in that band as long That's as he did. That's such a dick move, because like, it's obviously <laughs> like, well, you write one, but it's like, there's no coming no, back. You still can't no. come back from that. Like, exactly. Uh, but that this was the famous song that they, like you said, Ben Queller famously. Here's an actual famous instance. Of Roll With It being the first single uh, released in the UK and then the Blur song Country House being released at the same time, which re- led to the famous, I think it was Britpop War of mm. 95. I will say, and this is uh, this this might be the end of our friendship out of those two. Yeah, I think I'm going Country House. I like Country. That's a, probably one of my favorite Blur songs. I like Country House, too. I think uh, I hear you on that. I like Roll With It. Friendship goes on, unfortunately. Uh, I think uh, Roll With It is a really fun live song, but I wouldn't call it like a masterpiece. Right. He just says like, Roll With It, like 400 times in it. <laughs> uh, but it was like the whole thing was that Blur was upper class and Oasis was not lower class. They were like the middle class. Working class. Working class. Yes, there it is, Bob. Uh, I like it, but I'm kind of with you. Yeah, not the best, but I mean, come on, it's a great song. Yeah. Speaking of great songs, this one sounds familiar <laughs> to millions. <laughs> See what I did, Bob? I am going to fuck your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Ditto. And then we'll get married, and this is going to be our uh, wedding song. Me and you. Yeah. Today is gonna be the day that they're gonna throw it back to you By now you should have somehow realized what you gotta do 
I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. Listen to his voice, how it's like a per- percussion instrument, like the way he hits syllables. Backbeat, the word is on the street, that the fire in your heart is out. I'm sure you've heard it all before, but you never really had a doubt. I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. Biggest song? I mean, the biggest song in the nineties. Top, uh, top, top three. It's to me, it is like if if it's like you personally. Yeah, if it's like give me one song, and even if I wasn't a Monster Oasis fan, I don't think it's a crazy thing to say. Like give me one song that sums up rock music, alternative music, uh, like just memories of high school and what you were listening to. Like Wonderwall is that song. So yeah, to me it is, but I don't know, does like, would a, I don't know, Everlast fan feel the same way? Like, does it, is it a song like everyone agrees is that type of thing? Or is it's, it just well, I do, I do think it's a song that you can't. Everlast do. ref there. I, don't I liked know it. Where. I liked it. It's all coming. It's a song that you can't deny, no matter, no matter who you're a fan of. Like, I feel like this song transcended genres, uh, age, age groups, like, the song was on every radio station. It was on, like, to this day, everybody knows it. It, it became a, an anthem, like, bigger than an anthem. It just became one of these songs that's in the world forever. It was the number one modern rock hit here in the U.S. And in the U.K., it was, it was like, if let's say, all right, for people that are from the U.K., Angels is the greatest song ever written. They Obviously. love that song. Obviously, we know that. That yeah. has been settled in an earlier podcast. But listen to some of this stuff. I'm, now I'm going through my research, Bob. Uh, in February 2014, the song was voted, voted 36 of the 500 greatest songs of all time, according to N- NME. I'm a little surprised. Yeah, it'd be higher there. You would think. Uh, in March 2016, Wonderwall was voted the greatest, greatest British song of all time by Radio X listeners. Radio X? Radio X? Okay. Uh, let's see what else. I don't know, Bob. You don't need to. I mean, I, I don't need to explain it. It was, yeah. it was the song that everyone knows. It's the this most is, popular Oasis song. There are, there are like songs that I think of as like before and after songs, like songs that I can't believe weren't always around. You know, yep. like like Free Fallen by Tom Petty is one of those songs where it's like, I can't believe this world at some point before 1980, whatever, didn't have Free Fallen. Yeah. That's how I feel about Wonderwall. Like, it's kind of weird to me that this wasn't always on the radio for decades. Like, it's just one of these songs that will be from here on out. And it is real. Yeah, it's definitely enduring. You, it hear, you hear it all the time when you listen to different like radio stations and any modern rock station. It's like basically become classic rock. Um I love it. I've never gotten sick of it. I think it's a perfect song. I get why. Go ahead. Bro. I got a little sick of it. Like okay. when it was everywhere, like, and as an Oasis fan, you know, you're just, you're just listening to the radio and MTV. 
at that time in your lives. And um, it got to the point where it was on all the time and I never wanted to turn it off because I needed to like be an Oasis fan. <laughs> but at a certain point, you're like, I've heard the song 40 times today. Yeah, I get it. Uh, I guess for me, it's like one of those rare songs that not only was it like functionally perfect in like composition and every part of it I loved, like I could listen to it over and over again. And I still enjoy it still to this day. And I listen to a lot of Sirius in my car, satellite radio. Uh, I will never turn off Wonderwall. Anytime it comes on, I'm all the way in. Yeah, it's sacrilegious to turn perfect. it off. And this is what it, this is what makes this. And that's one... the only hit on this album. <laughs> there's no way there's another hit coming up. Uh, well, Bob, hang in there. You might be pleasantly surprised. No, I think I'm right on this one. Um, I don't think you're right. Uh, you know, know what? I might be a little off because Imagine is on this album, <laughs> but like with another guitar. All right, here we go. Don't look back in anger. Slip inside the eye of your mind. Don't you know you might find a better place to play? You said that you'd never been, but all the things that you've seen slowly fade away. So I start a revolution from my. This album, what I, why I like it more than their first album is that the choruses are just giant. And this might be the biggest, like, an- anthemic chorus of the 90s. Oh, yeah. It's so exciting when it gets into it. Give it to me. Are you kidding me? Summer of 1996. Nothing better than just yelling this at the top of your lungs at an Oasis concert. Yep. Because everybody is. You're just like, it's all emotion. You're just belting. Yeah. So good. Uh, It was always, it's strange because, of course, Noel sings this song. And one of the great, like, little factoids in Oasis uh, history is Noel writes all the songs, or at least at this stage in the band. And he said to Liam, I'm keeping one of these for myself. Wonderwall and Don't Look Back in Anger. You sing the one that you want, and then I'm doing the other. That's one story I've heard through the years. The other story was that Noel wanted to sing Wonderwall because he knew he had he had written a masterpiece. And when he heard Liam do it, he basically said, fuck, that's perfect. Because Liam was the perfect voice for Wonderwall. Uh, but this, it's hard for me to like picture Liam doing this song. I feel like Noel was the perfect fit for this. I think it worked out in the end. Has Liam ever done this song? Like, does it exist online? I don't think it does. I would love to hear his version of this. I do not think it does. And it actually even had, um, it kind of got, became relevant again after that terrorist attack in Manchester. Did you see any of the performances of the uh, Ariana Grande? I did, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Martin and his guitarist. and Who's not fat. Not fat. But also not skinny. <laughs> I think he's bald, but we don't know. He's got a hat. He's got a whole thing going on. Uh, but 
they did that song and just, you know, it cuts to the crowd and it's all obviously 20 year old kids because it's an Ariana Grande benefit show and everyone knew the words. Yeah. Because this is another song that was kind of transcendent. It's definitely overseas. And again, here, everyone that is in our age group, you know the song, whether or not you love Oasis. God, every time we talk about the UK and in general, it's like they have the best music and they, you know, I love that a crowd full of people knows every word to the song but then it always comes back to Robbie Williams and Angels it always comes back to that and you can't forget that nobody's like, getting buried to no uh, getting buried. Don't Look Back in Anger yeah it's not a good song to get buried to and if you listen to the Robbie Williams <laughs> episode and uh, you know uh, our condolences of the throwback podcast uh, we had learned and we we're quite amazed by the fact that uh, Angels by Robbie Williams was the song that British people voted they like most like to be buried to. It was like the number one song ever and the song they want to be buried to. But uh, I would be I'd rather be buried to Don't Look Back in Anger. It's work. great. It's perfect. I will honor that wish. It's great. <laughs> you son of a bitch. You keep your hands off my wife, you son of a bitch. Uh, oh, I love this part. So 16. Like, I feel so 16. Yeah. Liam was interviewed. Liam's been or was doing a pretty epic uh, media tour uh, when he was, you know, touring with that new album. And he was on Howard Stern uh, a few months back and they were playing some of the Oasis hits. And when he played this, when he played Don't Look Back, Look Back in Anger. Liam kind of took shots at Noel and he was doing that for a reason to get people to talk about him, write about him. But he said, yeah, it sounds Noel's voice is fine, but it doesn't have like kind of like that it factor. This is how Liam right. basically I don't, he said it in a very Liam way. But like, yeah, he, he sounds fine here, but I would have done it better. I would love to hear it. And I think Liam is I think it's probably more taunting of his poor brother, but is said he wants to play What's the Story in full uh, on a tour. That so would be great. we would hear that. That would be awesome. I'm I would, down. I would definitely do it, Liam. Would you just get back together, guys? This is Hey Now. Some people might call it an MFer, mid album filler. I'd tell those people to go fuck themselves. You would tell them. An old That was a good opportunity to vamp. Well, we were listening to the music, and then you yelled into my microphone for some reason. <laughs> and now I'm drinking beer, so. Not a professional podcast. At some point before the end of tonight, Bob, you're going to get another vamp opportunity, and you're going to knock it out of the park. I know it. I don't like the whole vamp concept. This is a podcast. We're talking to each other. At no point should you put the microphone down and just, like, leave me to my own devices. Well, it's usually for a good reason. Like, I'm looking something up, or I'm masturbating. So, <laughs> you know, the the, I have, the opportunity is going to come. I have vamped through a lot of your masturbation. Yeah. Um, Big reveal for me. I can't believe you've ever been pee shy because uh, that doesn't really suit you. 
like we have a friend who's like very yes. Like got pee shy at Disney World. Like you would think if there's one place he could pee freely without being nervous. Wait, why would Disney World make him less pee shy? That's even more fascinating than that situation. Because with, with our friend, you would think that part. Well, he's he was as pee shy there as everywhere else. But I'm saying like. If there's one so you're saying like at Disney World, like his dick is just gonna like urine's gonna shoot out just because it's such a happy well, place. Well, pee shyness <laughs> comes from like a certain level of nervousness, like because I would go to bars with this guy in college, and we'd be at like a a bar with like a very sort of like one of those one of those bathrooms where like the urinals by the door. Yeah. And it's like oh somebody could bump into you or you know you're just like kind of in the in the middle of it. If you're in that situation and you're like oh I don't want to really pee because like yeah. you're nervous. Disney World. It's anxiety, I think. It's an anxiety thing. Yeah. If you're in Disney World, don't be anxious. You're surrounded by a bunch of uh, the Disney World thing, man. I'm, not, I'm just not following you on that one. <laughs> so I think it makes sense. I think Peachy comes from anxiety. Don't be anxious at Disney. True. Don't be don't be anxious at Disney. I I never was Peachy, and then I think I became Peachy because our friend talked about it so oh, much. Got it talked in your about head? it incessantly, and then it became like a known bit around. Our friend, right? I don't know why we're just like saving him, but we threw Greg down the river. <laughs> this is our friend Brian. Um, so, like, I think it kind of developed in part because that became kind of a running joke, and then it got in my head. To this weird, day, weird. Yeah. It's not like I'm like going into like a private stall and like sitting on the toilet and peeing, <laughs> lining the it's seat. It's like I've just lost all masculinity. I just sometimes now it's like, yeah, there's a stall there. Daddy's gonna go over there. All right, you know. Not gonna be in the middle between two other dudes. The other thing is, like, when you're at the urinal, and all our female listeners aren't aware of this, for some reason, men think it's okay to like rip farts and like spit into the urinal cake and do all this shit when they're right next to you. And it's like, what, what are we all doing right. here? The spitting, I agree, like, not appropriate. Why, why do people spit when they are in the at the it's urinal anyway? Ridiculous. There's no reason for that at all. You're just like you're showing off. You're just like, pay attention to me. I'm spitting in a urinal. The farting. It's a, when in Rome, I don't think there's anything wrong with farting. Just don't fart right next to me. It's not, it's, not, you're, it's not his fault that you're there. He's got to fart. And then he'll rip a big one like a guy in my office. I work at the NFL. It's a lot of masculine guys. Like, rip one and be like, oh, man. Oh, that's ridiculous. Like, don't do that. Down, bro. Don't do that. Yeah. You know, go find a stall, bro. <laughs> and rip ass. Go fart in a stall, bro. Your ass is growing lips, bro. Jeez. This is a hey now. I like it a lot. I always wanted to hear it live. I've never heard it live. Uh, I just like, um, you know what I like a lot about What's a Story? Besides the giant choruses uh, and, the, and the mix of ballads, um, which I really think Noel is so good at. I love all the strings. A lot mm -hmm. of strings. And this, I'm like, this song is a good example. You can hear it here. The subtle strings, or not so subtle strings, that I think take the songs to another level. Yeah, love Hey Now. Expertly produced. Like, every song on this album is just, like, flawlessly composed. By the way, it's Hey Now! Oh, yes, yeah, Slammer. Slammer. Slammer alert. <laughs> Can we get a siren in post, Bob? Am I giving too much work? Oh, I'm definitely not doing okay. that. Okay, okay. Yeah, just yeah. imagine if we actually had, like, production value. There would be a siren going off right now. That would be our Slammer siren. We need an intern. Can we get an intern? We need a producer. Like and a producer. Unpaid. That's... We need like a a college kid that's desperate to get his foot in the door of the industry and of actually the, of thinks the, of the this podcast is. industry. Yeah, he's like, well, if I could just like connect with the throwback po uh, podcast fellas, that will be my in. I'm like, yeah, sure, man, you're on the right track. You this figure is it. this out. This is how it all starts. Idiot.
<laughs> you hate that fool. Guy. You hate that guy. <laughs> uh, here's the first. Uh, the first uh, instrumental track. It's titled Untitled on this album. But then on one of those iconic import singles that we gobbled up back in the day, it had all those great B-sides on it. I think in the, might have been the Acquiesce, um, the import that had Acquiesce on it, it has a title and it's called The Swamp Song. Interesting. Yeah. Swamp Song. Uh, so that goes, that's a little 40 second stopover and then into Some Might Say. Love this. I love this one. I love how big. And if you were like a definitely maybe guy that you've listened to like a lot of the album, like ah, it's a little soft. I'm not saying like some might say is like heavy or anything, but it's just a great guitar rocker. Yeah, I think this is probably my favorite song on the album. I want the chorus. Let's, let's do the chorus. I won't be happy with that. Yeah, let's go. Speak of the devil, all this wife carnal talk, uh, our buddy Zumwalt just texted me, I'm in your house flirting with your wife. Wow. Hmm. Well, that's kind Jay's of a teaser. the guy you got to keep an eye on. Kind of a teaser on two levels. Uh, teaser number one, next week, yep. Jay- Jason is going to be the star of our next podcast. Yes, he is. And teaser number two, Jason's about to fuck your wife. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, if it's either going to happen now, I will be also in Minneapolis at the Super Bowl next week. Jay's going to come to my house. He'll come back. Yeah. I so, hope he doesn't. I mean, what happens happens. I love my wife. I don't want anyone else to have her but me. I mean, that's selfish. But <laughs> somebody say it's great. This song is so good. I always think about that documentary that I, I think I DVR'd it. Like it was probably like the first thing I DVR'd when I had DVR on the Lower East Side, mm. and it was all about. I feel like it was very Tony Blair centric. Do you remember this? Was it the one about the guy that lived with the bears and the bears ate him? That does no Grizzly Man. Yeah, <laughs> you said documentary. I mean, is that the only documentary? <laughs> it's the only one I know. No, is it about the guy that walks between the World Trade Center? No, it's not that at all. Idiot, get off the fucking. <laughs> no, he wire, did it. Bro. He did well. He did well. But you know, not necessary. You should do it again. It was, oh, the March of the Penguins. Why doesn't that guy do it again? Um, so <laughs> Too soon. There was a documentary the board, man. About, about London and England at the time of Tony Blair. And I didn't even know. This song was like dead center I'm in this so, documentary. I'm thinking about the Man on Wire guy now. 
okay, I'd rather talk about that. Let's talk about Man on Wire. <laughs> Just because you're right. Like we have to put him on the board because he walked the wire. Yep. No one had ever done that before. No. And what's the what's the number one way to ensure you remain the only guy to have ever done that? Whoa. Good point. Get rid of the, the wire. The supporters of the wire. Put him on the board. He's on the board. He's All on right. the board. Go back to your Man on Wire on the board. <laughs> no, I feel like me bringing it up was just to get us to that, so we're in a good place. Okay, good. Some no, might I'm say, curious. Go ahead. Some might say they talked about this song. Some might say I don't give a shit about your story here. Ben. All right, well, that's just rude. They talked about this song in the context of the blur battle again. This ah, might have been, yeah, yeah, yeah. This might have been round two, and this was the round that Oasis definitively won because some might say it became an anthem over there. Yes. Because of all of the shit that was going on in England at the time, you know, some might say be a brighter future, all that stuff. Like they like lacked, like that country latched onto the song in an incredible way. Very cool. I love, I, when I hear the song now, I think about how important it was there. It's funny too, because it, again, big giant anthemic hook uh, in the chorus. Some might say we will find a brighter day, but then if you like, the one thing about if you are an Oasis fan and you want to defend Oasis, just hope no one really digs in on some of Noel's lyrics because sometimes it gets a little a little weird. This is one of the number one offenders of bad lyrics for Noel Gallagher. Uh, let's see. Because I've been standing at the station in need of education in the rain. Okay, You made no preparation for my reputation once again. The sink is full of fishes. She's got dirty dishes on the brain. It was over- overflowing gently. But it's all elementary, my friend. Well, all right. There's no way that means anything. It rhymes. A, they all rhyme. B, we don't know, you know, how like fags mean cigarettes. Maybe fishes in the sink. Maybe that's like forks. I don't know. Can you tell oh, me? Oh, you're saying that you're making a case that it's just the lingo that we're not familiar with? Yeah, you're telling me you could definitively say fishes don't mean forks over in England? Yes. Okay, you're probably right. <laughs> but I'm I mean, it, let I'm us know, here. listeners, I'm, if we're I'm wrong. I'm doing my best for Noel. If fishes mean forks, <laughs> please or let spoons. me know. I will personally apologize. Could mean spoons. Or spoons. I don't know. To Noel Gallagher. Um, I think he just likes words that, are, words that rhyme. You know what? It's probably that. And let everything fall in place. You're probably right. Here's a thought for every man who tries to understand what is in his hand. Here's another example, Bob, why I think this is a superior album to Definitely Maybe, which Definitely Maybe was a great, awesome rock album, and it had so many great, the guitar, the the solos, and it kind of had an edge to it. This album, to me, just has more depth to it, and I love how this song, like Liam Gallagher, who's like the biggest punk in the rock scene in the 90s, is singing, singing this like tender ballad about like his best friend it was actually Noel's best friend of course because he wrote it uh, going through a hard time and he delivers it in such a 
beautiful way and their voices play off each other so well. To me, it was such a leap in terms of what they could do. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to argue that at all. I love the harmony in this song. I think Noel, Noel complimenting Liam's vocals in this is just It's perfect. always been a nice... It's so nice. ...like yin and yang with them. No, I would never argue that Definitely Maybe is a better album. It's I prefer listening to it. Like, it's my favorite album. I think in part because of the nostalgia of like where I was when I was when I found it and that whole thing. This is definitely a step up in terms of production, in terms of songwriting. Like it's an incredible album. I'm yeah. not saying it's it's I'm not saying that definitely maybe it's bad. Great strings. I think maybe if you're an Oasis fan that doesn't like this album uh, uh, as much, you can argue it's a little soft. Especially if you like bring it on down and some of those like great rock songs on the first album. Um, uh, but to those up, ways, in, yeah. up in the sky, like mm-hmm. supersonic, those are cigarettes and alcohol, just like great rollicking rock songs. Yeah. And this one's a little bit more, it's a little bit sensitive, maybe like, you know, swinging for the ladies a little bit more. Noel knew what he was doing. He might not write the most genius lyrics, mm-hmm. but the motherfucker's smart. And he was saying, this is the album where I'm going to conquer the whole world. Yeah, this is it. And I'm going to get not just like the the soccer playing boys. I'm going to get all the ladies, too. He probably thought football, not soccer. Oh, footy. Yeah. Footy. Footy. It's good. All right. Now, here is a song, Bob, that kind of, uh, I don't know if it fits. Interesting. It's weird that you just touted this album, and now you're like, this next song doesn't fit here. Yeah, it's... It fits and it doesn't. I don't know. Let's let's listen to a little bit of first. It's uh, she's electric. She's electric. Keep going. Just keep going. See, it's gonna sound just like this. She's electric. She's in a family full of eccentrics. She's done things I've never expected. And God only knows how I've missed her And on the palm of her hand is a blister And I need more time You you shook your head when he said on the palm of her hand is a blister How do you know that a blister in England isn't like A fork? I was going to say a croissant I don't know. I don't. In this case, I think you might be right. Actually, um, I guess the reason why I think this is a fun, like, throwaway song. It's very obviously uh, the most Beatles-esque song on the album, which is saying something. To be yeah. like, this is the most Beatles is saying something. Uh, and it's uh, you know, if you're in a good mood, it's a good song to come on and like you know enjoy it. But you have to remember also like the absurd wealth of material that they released as b-sides like stone cold smashes and amazing songs like for instance i will use the some might say sing- a single as just one example talk tonight which is an all-time b-side of theirs and acquiesce which is one of their definitive live songs and a great uh, tandem vocal with liam and noel you plug in either of those instead of She's Electric, and I think What's the Story goes up another notch if that's possible. I just feel like this one, given some of the other choices, you put the master plan on this album. I was going to say master plan, like, obviously. Uh, the, yeah, the, the, or Round Our Way, which was also um, a B-side during this era. 
or any other number of songs, I think the whatever. album's even better. Whatever. Although Love I think was. whatever came out before. Was that before? Whatever. Leave in between. Yeah. But well, that's it, my point. I feel like your problem, you've always had the problem with the song that it's simple. But I'm I'm okay. simple's fine. Simple's Wonderwall's fine. kind of simple. It's not really that. No, but this is kind of like, it's not really trying to be too much other than trying to be the Beatles. It's just kind of like a song. Yeah. I like it. It's fun. I know you like it in a fun way, too. Yeah, I like it in a fun way. I just think there are probably better songs in their catalog at this point. Not an mf or I think it's a really, you know, fun throwaway. It's To me, like, when they say what's, like, a throwaway song, like, to me, that's a throwaway song. Like, they knocked it out probably quickly. Probably didn't put much thought oh, into it. one, two takes at the <laughs> Definitely. Uh, one of the great things of that Oasis documentary that we saw um, about the guy with the grizzly bear, and then he, he befriends the grizzly bear. Right, and then he eats McDonald's for 30 days. <laughs> he eats McDonald's for 30 days. He walks a wire, takes down the towers. Um, <laughs> but uh, how gifted Liam was as a singer and we'll get to it when we get to the final track on the album but how noel slaved over this album and then liam would just come in and do one take one yeah. take jake and he'd just be out of here is that is that a term i don't know sounds good though is that a helicopter it's helicopter bro this is cocaine it's right teasing in. the helicopter intro <laughs> for the next album when you do a lot of cocaine <laughs> and you are a rock star at the height of your powers you love, you, hel- you love helicopters. You love helicopters. They're just very, they're kind of a badass piece of machinery. Because they go up. Yeah. Straight up. And uh, that's how you title your song Morty Glory and you marry awesome guitars with a helicopter. Why not? Also, one of my favorite lyrics of this album. It's so perfectly Oasis to start this song. All your dreams are made when you chain to the mirror and a razor blade. Mm. Awesome. It's just so badass. Man. It's very badass. I'm all in. I don't, I'm not a coke guy. Never did it. Not interested in doing it. I'm damn, damn near 40. So I just have to live through Oasis and them talking about how your dreams are made. I mean, I'm not a coke guy either, but like I got some right now if you want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Take it out. Let's do it. Put it on the table. Um... <laughs> good coke, Bob. That sounded good in my headphones. It sounded like really you're snorting. Great coke. cocaine, Bob. <laughs> Thanks, friend. <laughs> like all, like people at the NFL are taking notes. Right? Exactly. Okay, okay, at 58, 41, Dan ingests cocaine. This should be on a dead spin within the hour. Uh, this is an awesome rocker. Like, this is, and I think Noel, again, very smart. He probably was like, you know, I realized that our last album rocked a little bit more. It's a little bit more of a guitar album. I think we need like a good banger right here. So we get the helicopters in yep, here. Let's fly in the helicopters. Let me get that that great guitar just going. And then Liam, another like twelve out of ten vocal turn. Yeah. And we got a great late album song. Here. Another incredible live song. Yes. Like that just makes you lose your mind when you see them live. Ah, oh, come back. I love this. They got to come back. I think they will. They will. They have to. You know what? I actually, I was talking to a a gentleman who's rather high up at the NFL. 
connected to the halftime show. Uh, I am doing some writing for NFL for Super Bowl week about um, Justin Timberlake and how he's you know he's doing halftime and all this stuff. And uh, he asked me this this guy. He's like, oh, who would you want to see at halftime? And I kind of drew a blank because I don't I don't really know at this point like who you get anymore. I don't know how they come up with this stuff. Like, who would you get? Like, if you could get one act that made sense to do halftime. I see. I'll let you like simmer on that because I'm not. I, it's not an easy question because you need to have the broad appeal and all that. But um, I thought about how if they ever do, because the NFL is extremely um, big on outreach into outside territories and have very strong, as we know from our uh, podcast, my more successful, better podcast at the NFL. Mm. How well? How passionate the fans are. Don't know what. Hang on, boss. Don't know what. If there was ever a Super Bowl at Wembley Stadium, get Oasis to reunite at the halftime show of Super Bowl Fifty Eight at Wembley Stadium. Like, who says no? No, that's obviously the way to go. Now all you have to do is get the NFL to have the Super Bowl at Wembley Stadium, and you're on your way. Well, and also get Liam and Noel to not hate each other anymore. Yeah, and take a giant check. One thing at a time. I don't know, just the thought I had. But um, no, you're I, right, this is a live banger, Bob. I, love I feel song. like that's a good thought to have on this, your most successful podcast. It's true. Well, we do have 7 million listeners to every episode. I just think, like, if you really break it down with the metrics, mm-hmm. this is by far your most successful podcast. Uh, go, explain. Go ahead. Well, your other podcast uh, pays you. Right, yes. the people they pay you to do it. They, do. It's part they of pay the other. Thing. They pay the other gentlemen that you're with. Yep, the other guys. Yep, Greg guys and Wes and benefits Mark. and everything. Benny's. Yep, a lot of money going into that podcast. Okay. Oh, I see what you're saying now. I There's think a I know lot where you're going invested here. in that podcast. It's not the only thing we do, but for this purpose of mm-hmm. what you're going mm-hmm. for, not the, this is not the, the only, only thing. thing we get paid for is the podcast. This is not the only thing we do. Uh, this podcast, if you really drew a straight line, we're, saying right we're way more successful in this garage. From like a business standpoint. From a business standpoint. As our friend Greg would say when he's not pissing in a cup, opportunity cost. Don't know what it means, but I feel like we sounds are. Sounds right, though. I sounds think right. got this. Sounds right. That's why he's a business guy. Who, he did it, Bob. We're not. Ooh, I thought the song was starting there. I know you did. Fuck. Yeah, you fucked up. All right, go ahead. Bam. Not gonna. Uh, who do, who would I want to see at the Super Bowl that everybody can get behind? Amy Schumer. How many special people change? How many Amy Schumer? I'd want Adam Sandler doing Lunch Lady <laughs> in the Hanukkah song. Dennis Leary doing No Cure for Cancer <laughs> in its entirety. <laughs> All right, we got this figured out. Sean Mullins doing Lullaby, <laughs> but not the chorus, only the spoken word verses. <laughs> All right. Can we do one of those things where it goes Sean Mullins into Boz Lerman doing the graduation song? Oh, yeah. It's a vitamin C 
Wait, isn't that the graduation song? That's oh, a different graduation Into song. Into Vitamin C's graduation. What if it was all graduation songs? <laughs> That's the matter. Into Good Riddance, Time of Your Life by Green Day. Yep. Call your, call your boy. Let's continue to talk over, arguably, the great epic rock song of the last 25 years. This is so good. All right, let's listen to the chorus. Oh, my goodness. As my son would say, oh, my gosh. This is the song that got led to me buying this album. I think I've shared it on this podcast, but I like bringing up his name for some reason, so I'm going to do it again. His full name, in fact. Um, I was at Pearl River High School. It was like after basketball practice or something, so I was waiting for a ride in that kind of cul-de-sac area where the flag was. Right. Also same where we found same flag where we found it, OJ, yeah. OJ was, was uh, proven to be innocent. Totally a not guilty dude. Nailed it, courts. And... Um, I was in the opposite side of the courtyard, and West Choi, old West Choi, remember I could throw that shot put like a motherfucker? I was a very talented athlete. Very, very strong, thick man. Anyway, he pulled up in his hatch, hatchback and uh, got out of the car and popped the trunk. I think somebody threw a book bag in or something, and this song was just, like, blasting out of it. And I think I had heard it on the radio a couple times but didn't know who it was or just, like, kind of was somewhat aware of it. But then when I heard it blasting out of West Joy's red hatchback, I was like, I need to get that. And I had the album within a week, probably. And it became maybe my favorite album ever, if not yeah. the top three. So say thank you to West Joy. You owe it to him. Wes, thank you, buddy. You could throw that discus like a motherfucker. <laughs> was it a discus or a shot? Both, bro. Oh, bro. man, he threw. He just threw. Think the track and field guys, they all did the same shit. Like, that's if true. you could throw the shot, but you could throw yeah, the discus. Yeah, that's true. Silly, silly sport. Well, it was a time when you needed to like more than one song in an album to buy it because it was like $14 out of your pocket. Right. So this makes sense that this is the one that broke you. Um, this was uh, also my favorite Oasis video. So like, Great video. They kind of nailed the aesthetic like of what they were going for, who they were. They were trying to be a little bit kind of acid rock, like a little Beatles nod to it. Liam had grown a killer beard for the video. The first beard since 1974. Yeah, he brought back beards. Yeah, and so we all owe him. Yeah, and well, not had, you, but like the rest of us owe yeah, him. Yeah, and uh, a lot of like groovy colors, and everyone looked really cool in it. They did a lot of bad videos. We talked this about that awesome yeah. um, DVD extra of Noel making fun of all their videos, but this one was not made fun of because... It's a great video. Check it out on YouTube. All the videos on this album complement the songs perfectly. Like, Wonderwall is the right video. They're, they weren't going for an aesthetic for the album. It was just like, here's the song. Here's the perfect video for it. Don't Look Back in Anger is kind of a bad video. They just put them in some no, mansion. No, but it fits the song. Like, the way yeah. it's kind of okay. shot up. Like, it's very, like, it fits. Why I love Champagne Supernova as much as it's like a Pantheon Oasis song for me is because people don't make those songs. People don't. People are afraid of anthems, and then a lot of bands that try it. For instance, I'll give an example. A song that we ironically enjoyed was that Weezer song about ten years. The ago. greatest man that ever yeah. lived. Yeah, like a lot of a lot of bands will try an anthem, and it will usually be be turn into like parody, self parody on some level. They were so like fearless and so talented at this stage 
that they could actually do it. This to me is as epic as Bohemian Rhapsody uh, or any other like Sympathy for the Devil, like those epic songs, A Day in the Life. I think Champagne Supernova is like those songs and that it has insane ambition and they accomplish what they set out to do in it. It's awesome. Yeah. And for it to be a seven minute album closer hit single, like I don't think you can find another one of those. Like right. to hit all three of those marks. Like that's insane. The only other the only time then someone nailed epic and it didn't make any sense. Faith No More's epic. Yes. Is it because I said epic or you Yeah, you said it. No, I thought I jumped in because I figured that's those motherfuckers do it. They did it. Although one part of that song is when he said, it's like maybe that didn't age well, but no, it's epic song. It's epic. They knew. Anyway, it's time now, Bob, to pick. That is the album. My goodness. What a fun ride that was. It's time to pick only one track uh, and add to our Spotify playlist. And, uh, Bob, I um, I ask you to nominate a song. I respectfully decline. Oh, look at you. Because I know that this is your A, favorite Oasis album, mm. B, maybe favorite album of the 90s, if not mm-hmm. top five. I know how much this means to you. I am, I'm putting my microphone down. And I'm letting you figuratively. No, no, I'm going to put it down. I'm just going to put it down. Hold it. I'm letting you pick this because this is your most successful podcast. You deserve this. I am. okay. I'm going to pick Untitled, the Swamp Song. In. (laughs) No, uh, I am going to go with and it kind of just popped up in my mind. I think it's the right choice. Uh, I think we'll both enjoy it. Some might say, whoa, great fun. Raucous. Oh my God, I love this. I'm gonna be Swagger so happy. Swagger for days. So happy with our two-hour-plus playlist hitting shuffle, and when this hits, I'm gonna be mm. so fucking happy. All right, now check out the Throwback Podcast playlist on Spotify. Uh, also, it's on Apple Music. If you just look for Throwback Podcast playlist, you'll get get them on either uh, of those uh, formats. Also. Check us out on uh, Instagram at ThrowbackPod. Sounds right. Uh, check us out on Twitter at ThrowbackPod. And if you want to email us, if you have something you want to really get off your chest, and maybe we'll share it with the world, the, the ThrowbackPod throwback at Gmail. That sounds Close right. Enough. It's on our Twitter. If it bounces back to you, that means that's wrong. Yeah, we don't care. Yeah. Um, we've gotten some great emails, so thank you guys for hitting us up. Give us five stars on iTunes. That's a thing that really matters more than all this other crap. Yeah. Go yeah. give us five stars. Five stars, and if you leave a comment, maybe uh, in the next couple of weeks we will share some comments uh, on the Apple Music page. So there you go. Give us five stars. One lucky listener will get a personal phone call from Chris Kattan. I promise you. All right, Bob, you get on the phones and set that up. Uh, Get your agent on the line. Uh, All right, we'll be back next week. Until then, throwback pocket out! That was a HeadGum Podcast.